Bonjour, I'm Valérie Jardin, the host of Street Focus, and you're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to cachefly.com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks. They're the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when signing up. This episode of TWIP is sponsored by the Out of Chicago Conference, bringing together passionate photographers for amazing photo experiences. This is TWIP, episode 457, Chasing Color. For photographers, accurate color has always been somewhat subjective and elusive. Everyone perceives colors differently due to variances in biology, environment, and even time of day. Apple, in their relentless quest to make our lives better through technology, have introduced a new feature in their upcoming iPads that effectively changes the display you're viewing based on the current surroundings. Now that sounds fantastic on the surface, but for artists looking to create works that are somewhat consistent in color rendition, it might prove to exacerbate an already tough problem. It's Monday, March 21st, 2016, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today to discuss a few interesting stories, including a story that broke just a couple of hours ago here in California. I'm joined by Mr. Aaron Nace from Flurn.com and Mr. Shiv Verma from Shiv Verma Photography. Hey guys, welcome back to TWIP. Hey Frederick, good to be here. It's good to have both of you guys. Aaron Nace, you, my friend, have not been on the show in forever. And it's been a I long was. Time. It's been forever. I thought I was gonna try. I was gonna run into you at WPPI. You didn't come to WPPI. I don't think. I don't think you were there. I was working on my tan instead, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing other stuff, you know. But welcome back, man. It's good to it's good to see you and hear you. I've been following you on your site. Yeah. How's Flurn going? Real good, man. Yeah, really good. We're just uh, we're in our new studio here in Chicago, and um, yeah, we're just we're in one of those like growth periods. Uh, Things are really excited. Basically, like taking everything that we've done in the past, bringing in some like spectacular talent, and uh, figuring out what we can do better in every step of the way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. I wanted I wanted to have you on because we did a show a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, and it was it was right when Kelby had announced that you know he was reorging, and you know the the part of the gist of that show was around Linda.com and Kelby, and you know what's happening in the in the industry, and I posited. Um, I didn't bring up Flurm, but I posited that, you know, Linda got acquired, Kelby's reorging, Creative Live is still around. So does that mean that Creative Live is a viable business model? But I would argue your business model is pretty strong too, right? So you're you're still cranking. Everything's going well at Flurm, yeah. right? Yeah, we're cranking. Things are going well. I mean, I, you know, we keep making free videos and people keep watching them. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. long as that keeps going, it's, a, it's good. It's, it's a good model. It's a really good model. Well, congratulations on all your successes. Yeah, I mean, you're, thank you. You're one of the hardest. You're like, you're like the James Brown of, uh, of, <laughs> of Photoshop. A hardest working man in show business over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, thanks so much. You're welcome. Well, speaking of working hard, Mr. Shiv Verma is always here, always the hard work and always traveling. Shiv, what's going on with you, man? I'm actually not traveling right now. I'm, I've been pretty dormant for a while, which is a good thing. And uh, doing a lot of uh, stuff with uh, PPA, uh, doing their you know regional programs for them with uh, X-Rite and Wacom. And that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, well, it's uh, just a few weeks we start traveling again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, traveling, traveling's good. You know, it's it, for me, you guys, both of you guys travel all the time. And for me, I'm just now starting to break free of the gravity that is my office and <laughs> travel and start traveling. Because once you, once you get into the outer solar system and start traveling, it's hard to break. It's hard to not travel. I don't know. Shiv, did you, do you find that? Like once you, it's hard to get out, but once you're out, it's like, okay, no, how come I didn't no, do this before? it's not hard to get out. I'm always itching to get out. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I see now you have another thing, right? You've got your drones. Now mm-hmm. you need that big drone and mm-hmm. then you can leave anytime. 
It'll just pick you up and carry you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's in the future. I was born too early for that kind of action. (laughs) It's going to happen, Frederick, while you're still young enough. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, let's dive into the show. Uh, Lots of stuff to talk about this week. Story number one is about Instagram. They're switching their feed from chronological to, quote, best posts first. So this is what Bruce wrote in the notes for our uh, for the lead in. He says more changes are coming this way to Instagram as the company announced it will begin changing the order of how images appear in your feed from reverse chronological to an order based on relevancy of the posts. Is this good or bad news for photographers who use Instagram to market their work? Aaron Nace. What do you think? Uh, you know, I'm, I like chronological order myself, like, like first it. in, first out. I mean, this popularity thing sounds like a popularity contest. What do you think? <laughs> I'm confused a little bit, to be honest. Okay, so if someone goes to Instagram.com slash Flurn, are they going to see my photos in some fancy order, or is that going to be regular? I think the way, and correct me if I'm wrong, Shiv, or, or you know, the listeners, I the way that I read this is... If it's popular, because they said the average Instagram user misses about seventy percent in their feed, so they're trying to they're trying to bubble that stuff up. So I, the way that I see it is, if it's a popular post and lots of people are reading it and clicking on that post or clicking through on the links in that post, then it will be shown to more people because now it has more weight. What I fear is the heavy hitters, like you guys, are heavy hitters. Or, you know, let's say in this political season, one of the one of the candidates decides to start posting on Instagram. That's all we're going to see. And that's going to be at the top of our posts every single our feeds every single time, because if they're not adding any logic in there, like Frederick Lights likes these kinds of things. Therefore, we're going to bubble things from Flern to the top or from Shiv Verma to the top versus, you know, the leading candidate stuff to the top. And it's, it's going to make Instagram less useful for me. I don't. I don't know. Shiv, what do you you think? I think uh, to some extent you're right, but I think the way they define it, it's going to be based upon what you typically like and what you like to see. Okay. Now, that algorithm, the way it's going to work, from what I understand is, also depends upon the person posting it and how well he metadatas it, tags it, you know, all that good stuff. So the idea really is to put things that you are more interested in in your face first. Yeah, but how does but, it, how, you know, how do you how do you do that programmatically? That's never been, like Google's uh, been, I mean, Google has it kind of with their well, feeds Facebook, and serving Facebook up ads. Yeah, Facebook Yeah, and it. Facebook ads, but that's creepy to me. You know, I, I just uh, want, I just <laughs> want, I, give me like first in, first out. Just give me a timeline. If I miss it, I miss it. Yes. You know, I, 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 I don't know. And I think you're right. And I think that's what a lot of us who are, you know, I shouldn't use the term seasoned, but have been in this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Let us decide what we want. You know, right. don't, don't shove things down our face. I mean, that's that's something that I find bothersome, just like the ads, you know, they, they, they appear. I mean, you go to B&H and you look at something and for the next 10 days, you see that thing popping up in front of you all the time. Right. It just drives me up the wall. I'm not yeah, interested. It's creepy. That's why I say it's creepy. Like I was, what was I searching for? Oh, I was on this whole tangent for like, doing sous vide cooking right so you know i bought a sous vide thing off of amazon of course i got tagged so now every site i go on that's serving up ads i see like cooking stuff now you know i'm like well you know i'm also interested in drones and a bunch Mm -hmm. of other things guys and like and i've already bought that thing so you don't need to keep telling me to buy that thing i don't know aaron aaron what do you what do you think i mean is this like are you first of all are you active on instagram and if so are you just gonna change the way you you're just gonna change the way you use it yeah, so Flern, uh, recently we actually just migrated. Uh, we've had photo contests, weekly photo contests for years, and recently we just migrated them completely over to our Instagram. So every Monday we do a new post where we'll, you know, we'll post like this theme is animals. It, it actually launched today. So it was like uh, hashtag Flern contest, hashtag mm-hmm. Flern animals. And so we'll do that every Monday, and then three times a week we pick a winner. We put that on our on our feed, and then the next Monday, um, you know, we we have a new contest. So yeah. if if people aren't seeing our post chronologically, it's going to I, I don't know how it's going to impact our contest because the themes come out every single Monday, and you know if it 
<laughs> if it starts displaying in some weird order, then it's going to really throw us yeah. up for a loop. Yeah, it's like I like animals, so I'll see your post, but somebody else who likes faces will not see it. Well, I've got to think. I've got to think they've thought through the the hashtag piece of this has to be kind of the the wild card in this because I'm, hashtags are used all over the place and they can't really mess with that. So if there's a hashtag flirt contest contest hashtag flirt animals and someone is searching specifically on those hashtags, I've got to imagine that it's going to pull up the right stuff. But if you just look at your Instagram feed without any sort yeah. of you know parameters in there, it's going to try to make a best guess and guess and show you what it thinks you might like exactly i don't don't like that it's too much too much come on you know yeah let it be be an assembly line you know or a roll (laughs) of toilet paper i don't know (laughs) yeah it's kind of fun like having it be chronological i think you know if you miss something then too bad you missed out it's time to get on with the rest of your life yeah Yeah, but here you you may never know that you missed it you just don't know it. it's there. It was ever there. Which is fine. That's called life, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sitting here having an awesome conversation with you guys, but I'm sure there's all sorts of interesting things happening in San Francisco right now that I don't know about, right? I can't be there and here at the same time, and it's perfectly okay. <laughs> I, don't need, I don't need an algorithm telling me, hey, Frederick, you know, there's a huge party happening at the Fillmore that you might want to be at. (laughs) That you're missing it. I don't need to know about that. Let me focus on what, you know, the task at hand. I don't know. I don't know. When I start talking like that, it makes me feel like, you know, we start shaking my fist in the air like old man. You know, in my day, we had chronological uh, Instagram feeds. (laughs) (laughs) And the self-driving cars were just the future thing. And they took it away. And yeah. they took it away. We used to drive our own cars in my day. We had gas and we loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, it's yeah. going to change. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I like what you're doing, though, Aaron, with the with using the hashtag for the contest thing. That makes a that makes a lot of sense and how to get people to submit yeah. while also engaging in your feed. Right. Yeah, it's going really well. We've just. um you know, share some numbers with you guys. Why not? Like in the last five weeks, we've grown by over like 10,000 uh, uh, Instagram followers. What? Um, just by converting our contest over to Instagram. So, um, wow. Yeah. Okay. It, the nice thing too is like we, we honestly, we spent like quite a bit of time thinking like, okay, how do we really do this well? And the nice thing is that the people who win our contest, we repost their images. So, being able to post other people's like spectacular images on our feed is like a just it's a really like beautiful natural way of posting great images on our feed and um yeah but how do you do that like how do, do you, how do you repost someone's images do you like you use a third party service to repost or do you we do get sc- it get it from them and then repost it to your feed how do you how do you do that yeah so in our terms of service of the contest we you know it's clearly stated that you know by posting to the contest you give us permission to you know upload your image um, so, well, make sure you guys say that if, if anyone's else planning on doing something like this. Yeah. Um, Cause I am. Cause you see me like making notes. I'm like, how can we do this on Twip? Yeah. Um, and then we just do a screenshot, like on an iPhone, you can just do a screenshot, um, crop it down and then, uh, and then submit the image, make sure, you know, and we hashtag them and, uh, and, and everything like that. But it's, cool. yeah, it's really simple. And then we use Hootsuite for everything. Um, like if we do it from the desktop computer and then there's a Hootsuite app as well. So mm. for yeah, I haven't posts. used Hootsuite in so long. It's been like, I think maybe 18 months or two years since I used Hootsuite. And when I used it before it was strong, Hootsuite, for those that don't know, is an application. It's a cloud-based application that allows you people that, that are professional social media people to manage multiple accounts. And if you need to, you can schedule out posts and it, you can watch all of your feeds and do all sorts of magical things that you can't do from just a client app or even a web-based app that lets you let you dive a le- level deeper, like with multiple users. Like Aaron, I would assume you've got a team there that has access to the Hootsuite account and they can all do things on the Flurn account, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. And I would say, you know, even if you're not a professional Instagram user, um, it's, you know, if you just type into Google uh, best times of day to post on Instagram, uh, it, it's listed out by day of the week. So you can see, okay, it's Tuesday. The best time of day is like, you know, 4 p.m. If you want to, if you get a post, you want to, you know, get a bit of traction on it, just makes sense to post it out during that time. So you can schedule it out using Hootsuite. And that way, you know, you just get a, a little reminder on your phone at 4 p.m. says publish and you're good to go. So 
you know, just you can use it to just be a little bit like more calculated about how you post. Um, even if you don't have like uh, a crazy big team or anything, you can just um, you could use it for scheduling. Yeah. And that's and back to the coming full circle. Shivan, would you chime in on this, dude? But coming in full circle, this whole popularity based bubbling up to the top of the algorithm or the the top of your Instagram feed. I wonder how that's going to affect that whole thing, Aaron, like the whole, you know, these are the most popular times of day to post. If they change the algorithm, is all that out of the door now? And we have to rethink what the most popular times of day to post is because it's different because it's a matrix now. It's based on the category that you're posting in and people that are interested in A like to hear about it at 7 p.m., whereas people that are interested in C like to hear about it at 9 a.m. <laughs> so I don't know, Steve, what, what do you think? Is it all out the window? We have to rethink well, yeah, it? I hope not. I mean, uh, Instagram is not that stupid. I mean, they've built up a huge base. And, you know, I mean, look look what's happened. Just Aaron saying that, you know, in, in a short period of time, it's mushroomed into a huge you know, sort of opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure they're thinking about those things. And, you know, if certain posts or certain activities are time-based, day-based, the algorithms have to work in tandem with all of that. I mean, you just can't throw all that away. It's like saying, well, you know, Google Analytics, all right, let's change the algorithm. Now, all the analytics that we have for you are now out the door. I mean, it's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, actually, they do that quite often. (laughs) Yes, I know they do, but... Yeah, I, I mean, there's still some preservation of, of the important data. Sure. And I think sure. I think from, you know, what, what Aaron's doing and the scheduling and things will probably still hold. And the audience that he's got is not going to go away. Uh, they'll still find it. I mean, you know, if, they, if once you get hooked on something, you'll find a way to get back to it. Right, so, right, you know. right. Yeah, as uh, yeah, that's that's true in many areas of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so looking at Instagram versus Twitter, which one is is has or let me rephrase the question: Has Instagram replaced Twitter for you guys in terms as the primary, like your desert island app? If you could only have one app and it was Instagram or Twitter, which one would it be? Aaron, what, what do you think? Yeah, I would say for me, Instagram, for sure. I was pretty active on Twitter a few years ago. And um, yeah, you know, just given our industry, I mean, it's so we're image driven, right? You know, people just want to see images. And I think Instagram really is the leader there. Um, You know, the the tough part about Instagram is it's it's relatively difficult to monetize. You know, if you are running a small business, you know, driving conversions directly from Instagram and monetizing is still like pretty difficult to do. but, you know, it was a lot easier to do with uh, Twitter. You could just provide a link and track that link and everything like that. Instagram really doesn't have that. You know, moving forward, they're talking about doing that sort of stuff, uh, you know, for paid services and things mm-hmm. like that. But, um, yeah, I just think for, like, in the photography industry, I think Instagram makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Chief, yeah. what about you? I, I, Instagram I would, or Twitter? I, yeah, I agree with Aaron. The, the problem really is the monetization. And there's no two ways that, you know, you you can't forgive anybody for that. You know, it's mm-hmm. it has to happen. Uh, and I don't know why it's taking so long for them to really implement that. So, you know, where monetization is concerned, I think Twitter still is a little bit ahead as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I clearly find and agree with uh, both of you that, from a photography point of view, there is nothing better than Instagram. You can build a huge base in a very short period of time. And I think that's, you know, so where am I leaning? Yes, I'm leaning more to Instagram, uh, but I don't want to give up the fact that Twitter does allow you to monetize. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting because one of the things I want to start experimenting with on Twitter is the whole Twitter cards thing. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's the the concept is that you can, especially if you integrate it with, say, a Mailchimp or uh, a Weber, your email service provider, mm-hmm. um, with Twitter cards, because Twitter already knows your email address, you can have people essentially one click subscribe to your list instead of clicking get a confirmation email, click on that, and now they're on your list. You, they can with in Twitter, just click on something and boom, they're on your list. I which was is, not aware of that. No, yeah. It's yeah, Google yeah. it. It's called Twitter, Twitter cards. Mm. And it's uh, yeah, it's, I think it's ill marketed because you weren't aware of it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I was not aware but, of it, <laughs> but it's there. It's there. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. controversy around that too. The whole, you know, you should 
the whole double opt-in thing in the marketing world yeah. where with email you should ask people twice you know they click on something and then they get an email to confirm that they're actually themselves with twitter with the twitter cards it kind of obviates that and it's like i said a, almost like a amazon one click purchase mm -hmm. but in twitter for getting on a list so it's kind of cool i like it from a marketing standpoint i like it it's uh yeah, it, it saves a step but actually saves two steps and that's a good thing mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah absolutely all right, guys, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some new hardware that Apple has announced or they announced this morning, which could scarily mean the end of color correction control for photographers. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, we use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain and thankfully FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know sort of messing with our creative juices with FreshBooks you can invoice clients it's easy you can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger you're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff you can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your on your mobile phone you can whip up business reports you can stay on top of your income expenses and tax time is coming up so with a couple of clicks you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the how did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. All right, guys, we're back with story number two. This morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time here in the United States, Apple did an event where they announced a couple of new things. They announced an up update to their iPad line, so essentially a smaller iPad Pro, um, which has lots of new horsepower and some other bells and whistles, a newer, a lower price on their Apple Watch and some new bands, an update, thank you, Apple, to Apple TV OS that gives us things that should have been in there when they launched the thing like folders and Siri voice recognition and all that stuff. So it's finally ready to, uh, I think it's ready for prime time. Now um, they announced an iPhone SE, which is a, which is essentially an iPhone six S, but smaller, it's four inches and it's cheap, like 399 bucks, relatively speaking and some other software changes. So the interesting thing that I went, I thought was pertinent for this show was that they on this new iPad, and I would assume that this is going to make its way into their other iOS devices in true Apple form. On this new 9.7 iPad Pro, it has this thing called a True Tone Display. So, and what it says here is it employs four ambient light sensors that will check the lighting in the room and adjust the display for color accuracy. Um, and that's all I'm going to read about that. So think about that. All mi these millions and millions, I don't know if it's a B yet, but at least hundreds of millions of devices that you, that primarily people that primarily access their content through with these new devices, they will shift based on the ambience light in the room. Which is so, Aaron. Aaron, I'm going to throw this to you first. You are Mr. Flurn. You are Mr. Retoucher. You live in pixels and bit depth and color correction. 
does this scare it scared the bejesus out of me when I saw the demo. I was like, well, how can you ever create something that's accurate now? What, what do you think? Yeah, well, you know, I use um, on my desktop, I use a program called Flux. It's FL.UX. Mm-hmm. And uh, what that does is if it's, uh, it's based on your uh, location and basically after the sun sets, it warms your display. So instead of having like a super bluish bright display at night, it warms it's like a, a softer yellow. And it, it, yeah. it makes working on the computer much easier. Obviously, you don't want to photo edit, you know, while you're, your screen looks really yellow. Yeah, um, yeah. But as far as just uh, like type and things like that, it, it really is easier on your eyes. And it, it seems like Apple's just trying to do their version of that. Um, you which know, is great. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. Um, but, but okay, but you think it's cool. Now, looking at some of the fantastic work that you do on Flurn, those tutorials, and you like, if anyone sits through one of your, your tutorials, they will immediately grok that you are meticulous when it comes to working on the pieces that you work on. So looking at that, and I was like, I'm so glad Aaron's on the show tonight because we're going to talk about this. <laughs> if you spend three hours on a, on a piece and you get it nailed and you, you've, you've photographed, you've got, you've nailed it. You want this water splash to be the perfect tint of aqua and you've got it. And you know, when you're creating this, that there is a, there's a variance, there's a degree of tolerance between, you know, the, the rods and cones in people's eyes and the their, the display that they may be viewing it on is, could be, you know, cold or warm or whatever, or even the time of day. So you can calibrate, you can create your image as a median and say, okay, this is this is the best I can do to satisfy most general audiences. But when that median now shifts over time based on the time of day, like, how do you ever create something that you can be sure is Aaron Nays quality? Like, what, what do you think? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um <laughs> <laughs> Now you're scared like me. Yeah, now I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> use a printer. <laughs> go, exactly. Go back That's to analog. Way. That's what to do. Just go back to analog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's scary. It's scary. No, you know, don't be scared. It, it, that's that's not what that's not what it is. As far as okay, I please, could please talk it me out. down okay. off the ledge, man. So, talk me down. <laughs> first and foremost, I hope that there is a switch that you can turn off, uh-huh. so it doesn't happen. Right. So what, what, what I think it's really there for is that looking at and measuring the temperature of the ambient light, it's going to adjust the monitor so that it closely represents what you would see if you had, let's say, a book in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right? So as the, as the temperature warms, uh, you know, the paper doesn't look as white. It doesn't have that blue tonality to it. In fact, it gets warmer and it's more comforting to the eyes. I mean, Aaron said it quite rightly that Flux is a good example. It takes and adjusts your monitor so that your monitor more closely represents the temperature that of the light that you're in. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, really what it's doing. It's not changing color. It's only changing temperature. All right. But that now, is color, though. No, no, that it is, is color. It, it is to some extent, but it's not modifying the underlying image. I mean, if your image has 255 red and 255 blue and whatever else. Those don't change. It's only how you see them. Oh, so, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. So the, the it's not modifying anything. Now, you don't want to, and Aaron is absolutely correct, you absolutely don't want to do image editing with an adjusted temperature monitor. I mean, the, the, when those temperature changes take place, your eyes are going to naturally want to make it more blue, and now you'll make it too blue. So the next guy who sees it, or when you see it in the morning when the temperature's back to the blue, uh, you'll see horrible blues. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I mean, it's not for editing. It's really for reading and seeing. And as I say, if we are able to do some good editing on an iPad one day, then there better be a switch that says, turn this ambient turn light off. adjustment off. I know, but you know Apple. You know they know they know what's best for us, and you know they're going to default that to on, even if there is an on off switch. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but Apple does listen, and if you yell loud enough, they'll put a switch in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think there's got to be a switch in there already. Yeah, yeah. I don't but, know. You know. I mean, but you know what? What amazed me more than anything else is the way it was touted. You'll sleep better. Did they say that you'll sleep yes, better? Yes, you'll sleep better. Now yeah. you won't. The blue won't bother your brain as much so when you see this yellow 
you'll sleep better. Yeah. Well, hey, you never know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it remains to be seen. I've always, I've never, uh, er, I mean, both of you guys, I applaud you for being able to crack the color correction nut. I've, the, the color correction piece of, of, of what we do as photographers or retouchers is never, it's been a little bit of voodoo for me because whenever I look at it, I have this geeky brain. And whenever I look at it, I'm like, well, how can you ever get this right? Because you don't know who's looking at this image or what they're looking at it on, or they may be colorblind in their left eye, or they may have twice as many rods and cones in their eyes than most people. You don't know what, and no one, and the other piece of it is you, if you say you give two people the color red and you say, look at red, they may be seeing two different things and you will never know because they can't describe the difference <laughs> to you to the other person. Their red may be green looking and the other person's red may be orange looking and you will never, you will never ever know. So the whole science of color correction, I never understood it. It just seemed like kind of that, that, like that, shooting that, in the dark a little. It could be a twip on its own. <laughs> yeah. Color totally. management. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. Aaron, Aaron, how do you manage this? I mean, you're, you're a pro. I mean, you do fortune 500 retouching. How do you, uh, what's your, your process? Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, exactly yeah exactly yeah, i mean you said like oh it's you know it's hard to make it a science and i completely agree i mean for me it's not really a science i mean it it really is like you know uh a lot of it is preference you know like mm -hmm. i y there are many different versions you know there there was a huge um you know controversy a couple of years ago like beyonce was like had one skin tone in one magazine and she was like a lot lighter in another magazine and yeah. You know, uh, same thing with Shakira. They made her like super pale, you know, mm -hmm. in another thing. And, you know, it like as far as like what's accurate versus like what, you know, what looks good versus like cultural preferences, you know, at mm -hmm. the end of the day, I, I don't really know that there is really a science. It, it seems like it's more based on uh, a preference. And yeah. there's a range, I think, of acceptability. And, uh, you know, if a person's skin looks too green or too blue, it's going to look pretty off. But um, I, I think within that range, you know, it's kind of up to interpretation. And yeah, people will see, you know, skin tone differently. Everyone will for sure. Um, but I, yeah, you know, when I'm doing my work, it's I, a lot of it is just experience and, you know, having like looked at a lot of skin and <laughs> I do my yeah. best to make sure it looks good. And also, you know, I, I will still just today, I was editing some video, and I got it to where I thought it looked great. I took a break for an hour and a half, and I came back, and I had to make some changes because there was too much green in it. So um, I I would say, you know, if you are correcting skin tone, you know, that's that's definitely a good test is take some time in between your edits and, like, come back and look at it with fresh eyes. Now, are both of you guys working on, uh, like, a, a dialed-in, color-corrected professional display, or is it kind of off-the-shelf Apple cinema display, iMac type stuff? I, I, use, um, I use a Cintiq uh, 24 HD okay. touch. But, you know, to, to Aaron's point, I think the color management piece really is ensuring that the images that you shot in the light and the temperature that you shot it show up exactly the same when you look at it on your monitor. And then when you print it, it prints exactly what it looks like on your monitor. Now, yeah. what you do, you know, to, for skin tones, what you do for color, those are your personal choices and personal preferences. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you feel that somebody's skin looks too pale, it, it doesn't prevent you from, you know, adjusting that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, because you're putting it into a magazine or you're putting it into an ad, you don't want it to look so pale that it looks absurd. So right. you, you take your little liberty and say, my liberty is I'm going to warm this skin tone up a little bit yeah. and and you're you're perfectly within your rights to do it that's your artistic liberty but when you see it that color on your screen you want it to be that color when it's printed so color management really is a translation of colors from camera to printer not necessarily translating your personal preferences so somebody else sees it the same way Right. Yeah. And I, I want to comment on that but Aaron I wanted to have you chime in your your workstation are you using off the rack Apple type displays, or do you have the giant professional expensive color calibrated machines with hoods on them and all that stuff? 
Yeah, I use um, my primary editing right now is just a Thunderbolt display from Apple, and uh, we calibrate them. You know, mm-hmm. like we have a like calibration software and hardware and whatnot. But yeah, um, yeah you know, I, I have worked on like pretty nice displays, and you know, they're beautiful. But as far as um, as far as color goes, I I find that their uh, Apple displays are pretty good. You know, yeah, and that's what I'm talking to you guys on. That's what I use. I use a, a Retina iMac and plugged into it is a Thunderbolt display. And that's that's my little workstation. It cranks up, works every time. Um, but the the other piece to piggyback on what you were saying, Shiv, was um, you were saying color correction primarily is a is a workflow that with the termination point being the print at the end of the line. But I would argue that yeah, that's that's true. But in today's generation, today's world, most if not all, I would say most people. You can't. You can never say all, but most people are going to be reviewing your work on displays whether it's on the computer or primarily on a mobile device like an ipad or or an iphone or android device or android tablet surface whatever that's how people just look at stuff these days yeah printing is awesome but it's never going to have the widespread ten thousand instagram followers from one contest that Aaron Ace gets right so that's what i'm trying to solve for like is 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 that a -a whack-a-mole problem with especially with this new Apple technology that's coming out, this new you know True Tone display that they're putting out, is is it now an almost an unsolvable kind of piece of mercury that we're chasing around that we can never solve? I I, I don't know. I mean, I I just personally I feel that if anybody's looking at images and if they have a reasonably well calibrated monitor, mm-hmm. they'll see pretty much the same colors that you want them to see, right? Uh, the, the Apple displays are, are very good. I mean, you know, Aaron uses, I use one. In fact, we're on an iMac, you know, 5K display here. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any problem editing on this initially. But when I'm doing commercial stuff, I'll take it to a more, you know, color accurate and a larger gamut as far as the monitor is concerned. Yeah. But really, if you, if you go back to what Apple's doing from a viewing point of view, is it any different than when you hang up a print and the lights are, you know, a little yellow versus somebody who hangs up a print right. and you've got fluorescence. Right. Th- those differences will always happen. And, and your eyes do adjust to it to some extent, but may not be. But if you're looking at on a monitor, a monitor that's reasonably cal- calibrated will show the same colors. Yeah, you're right. This could be a whole episode in and yeah. of itself. Aaron, I, I'm going to put in a request on Flurn, if you would, uh, you know, on the Flurn request line, if you <laughs> if you guys could do something on color correction, specifically with an eye towards iOS, I would love that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's actually super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done anything like that. It's hard. It's scary. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about David Hobby, also known as the Strobus. He called BS on marketing claims for MagMod's latest Kickstarter project, the MagBeam. There's a new photography conference on the scene, and it's called Out of Chicago, and it's the brainchild of my friend Chris Smith. The event happens in Chicago June 24th through 26th, and this will be the third year and the biggest yet. This year, the lineup of speakers is kind of incredible, featuring amazing photographers and educators like Rick Salmon, Brian Peterson, Scott Bourne, Valerie Jardin, and even myself. There'll be cool workshops, portfolio reviews, photo walks, photo crawls, and a ton more. And I'll be leading several workshops, including the time-traveling photographer, the photographer's guide to marketing, and more. Plus, we'll be recording an episode of TWIP live in front of an audience, so you can join us and ask questions, and maybe you'll even make it into the show. So here's a really good part. For a limited time, the Out of Chicago team is knocking $100 off the registration price if you use the code TWIPCHICAGO when you sign up. Remember, this event happens June 24th through 26th, so sign up now and use the code TWIPCHICAGO to get a full $100 knocked off of the ticket price. Just head over to twip.pro slash OOC to see all the details. That's twip.pro slash OOC. And I'll see you in the Windy City. All right, guys, we are back with the last story for this episode of This Week in Photo. David Hobby, also known as Strobist or The Strobist, has called BS on MagBeam's claim. So let me read the little blurb we have in so I can set the stage. 
Um, recently, MagMod, the company behind a collection of modifiers that attach to your Flash, announced a Kickstarter project for a new Fresnel Flash modifier that claims to increase the power of your Flash. David Hobby took issue with the way the product was being marketed, pointing out that a Fresnel cannot increase the power of Flash, but only concentrate the beam. Now, since they launched that Kickstarter campaign, MagMod raised nearly $200,000 for this thing. And David Hobby calls it 100% BS. And then you should read, we'll put the, the, the link to this, this story. It came to us from Petapixel. We'll put a link to the story in here. And it's interesting, the Twitter back and forth <laughs> that happens uh, on this. And essentially, I think Bruce Clark, we were at WPPI and Bruce Clark was telling me about this and we're walking down the hall on the way to do, do some interview. And he said, yeah, they come out with this thing that increases your flash power. And I'm thinking, oh, how do you do that? And like, do they have some sort of like dark matter material in there that can somehow bend space and time and create photons where there were none? That's called a light source that creates photons you can't create photons where there were and i think i also said you can only focus them and make them make it brighter and in a point but you now you're at a point light source and not a large light source i don't know shiv verma when you saw this i know you read this article where do you fall on this was magmod out of line or was david hobby out of line well i think magmod's initial statement is definitely out of line i mean yeah. you cannot create more light when there isn't more light Right. Right. So, so, yeah. so that's it. I, they, they've they've retracted that initial statement and they tried to correct it in in a slightly roundabout way, but but in reality, I mean, number one, it's nothing really that new. Uh, there's a product out there in the market that is you know, uses a Canon 50 millimeter lens or a Canon lens in front of it. It's called a light blaster. Basically, mm -hmm. does pretty much the same thing. It concentrates the light of your strobe into a narrow beam, but you don't generate incremental photons. I mean, that's just, I mean, more light cannot be generated when only so much light exists. Right. So I, I agree with David Hobby. You know, and I think he, maybe he was a little bit too harsh in the way he stated it, but in he's correct. You cannot create more light from the same light. Yeah, it's like, it reminds <laughs> me of Genesis. You guys, I'm a Star, a Star Trek geek, right? So... Genesis, the project Genesis was they had this this device that could create life from lifelessness, you know? Oh, oh yes. <laughs> and they dropped the bomb on a dead planet and suddenly it had water and trees and all that stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, okay, Magmod is the Genesis project. Mm. It's coming back. I don't know. Aaron Ace, what do you think? Uh, light from lightlessness, is it possible? <laughs> I really like David Hobby's Twitter feed. He's got a picture of... Uh, like a an extension cord, like a uh, a power adapter, like a power strip, yeah, plugged into itself on there. It's like <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, That's I, I love that guy. That. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he I wins. didn't see that. Yes, yeah, yes. he wins. <laughs> he wins. He wins. Yeah, but it's so funny. But I mean, people as evidenced by the fact that they near they raised nearly two hundred thousand dollars for this people didn't grok the fact that you can't do that. I mean, you can't create, and I want to, you know, in defense of Magmod, you know, they, they are a fantastic company. They make some really quality light modifiers. So I don't think there was, you know, I, I, mean, I think it was a mistake in the way that they worded it, but I don't think that they were in, they were purposely going out there to mislead the public and, you know, try to scrape yeah. up a bunch of money because, you know, in the photography community, we all have big mouths and somebody's going to call BS on it like David Hobby did. Right. So I don't I think it was a mistake. I don't think it was malicious. They had malicious intent. But still, if you read through this chronology after David called them out, they took uh, a long time for them to say, oh, OK, <laughs> let's let's reword that on our sales page. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, to some extent, I think you know you're, you're generating uh, Kickstarter income, right? And you don't yeah. want to stop that. You know, that you're on a good roll. Just stay with it. Respond a little late, and you know you'll collect another fifty thousand dollars, or maybe I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's nothing new. I mean, you know, Fresnel lenses were used. There's a product you probably had it before in one of your shows. It's called the Better Beamer. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i remember that yeah. yeah so the better beamer is a good similar kind of product it just concentrates the light 
they started talking about it. Oh, you extend the reach. I mean, light has infinite reach, right? Mm-hmm. Light doesn't stop. It just continues. No. But So, you know, there, there was a slightly false statement over there, but the product did very well and still doing very well. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, hopefully, I mean, you know, Magmod, you're right. They make great products. Yeah, The whole concept is good. The attachability is good. And hopefully this product is a success. But it, I think it's a misstatement on their part. And if it worked to bring more uh, Kickstarter money in, good for them. Yeah. And I know after this, after this, I'm going to go get one of my extension cords and plug it into itself and see if I can generate some energy. <laughs> That would bring my electric bill down. I'll just go buy a bunch of extension yeah, cords. Yeah. <laughs> but on this, all joking aside, on this. So, Aaron, I wanted to ask you this. So, on on the heels of this, this whole idea of light, like Shiv, you're saying, light, light is, you know, it, it doesn't stop. Photons generally go at what a 386,000 mm-hmm. miles per second, and they will keep going until acted upon by something else. And even then, they'll either bounce or disperse, right? Mm-hmm. So, the thing that I wanted to get to is uh, quality of light. So we have, both of you guys have worked with, I'm sure, low-end gear and ultra-high-end gear and in terms of lighting gear. The high-end gear, they, the claims are always that it's a better quality of light that you're getting out of this high-end gear versus the cheaper, under, you know, the lower price gear. For example, the you know, Alien Bees Palsy Buff gear on the kind of mid-range to low-end in terms of pricing. And on the high-end, you have you know, Profoto and all those guys up there. Are the photons different, Aaron, that are coming out of the $3,000 per head <laughs> gear versus the $300? Is it a different kind of photon that I don't know about? Or is it the same photon? I'm pretty sure it's the same. <laughs> Uh-oh, you heard it here first. There's only one kind of photon. Yes. <laughs> it travels at the same speed. It travels at exactly the same speed. You're paying for what? Well, in in defense, again, of the hiring guys, you're paying for quality in the product itself. That's, you know, so you're going to have something that's going to last forever and you can travel with it and it's rugged. But in terms of the quality of light that's coming out of that, the only thing that determines that, quote, quality of light or the specularity or diffuseness is the modifier on front of that light source and how much light that element is putting out. So you can get brighter and you can diffuse it more, but it's still the same photons. You know, I never like people that are like, oh, I'm going to save up three grand to buy this ultimate pro photo gear, you know, skipping over the cheaper stuff because that'll make me a better photographer when they could do awesome stuff with inexpensive things, you know, to get started with. So uh, yeah, getting, getting started with and, you know, pro photos and bronc colors. I mean, pro photos still a baby compared to what bronc color does. Yeah, but I think I think their quality. I think when they talk about quality of light, it's not really what we define as quality of light. They're talking about consistency. Okay, that's really what they're okay. talking about. I mean, it's, you know, that there's no like variation of color. in color temperature. There's no variation in the light output. So if you measure five point six on your siconic meter, it'll remain five point six ten a.m. to okay. eleven p.m. You know, that's that that's really that's the quality is that's being referred to. But repeatable. you're right. Absolutely. You know, it's the modifiers that do it. Nothing else. It's, no, you yeah. hit it right on the head. Yeah. And I think Paul Buff, when I interviewed him a couple of years ago, may he rest in peace. Uh, Paul Buff did say that one of the differences between the the Einstein head, which I think at the time, I don't know if it still is, but it was their top of the line head versus some of the lower end heads was consistency of color and power output. So you could be sure that, you know, if you did you know, 2,500 shots, number one is going to be the, the same exposure and color temperature as number 2,500. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Aaron, has that been has that been your experience as well, the whole consistency of color, or does that play into your work at all? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as lights go, you know, and I've, our studio is, uh, we use pulsy buff stuff. So we've got, you know, Einstein's and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they work, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I love um, them. That's what I have. I have yeah. Einstein's as well. For sure. Yeah, we've, uh, you know, I've used Profoto. I've used just, just about everything else. And um, yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's like it's build quality. It, it's things like reliability. Um, you know, some of the higher end systems have like shorter flash durations, which, you know, can be really nice depending on on what you're doing. If you're trying to freeze motion and things like that. Um, and then really it comes down to the modifiers as well. You know, mm-hmm. it's. But it, 
you know, to be honest, it, it's all what you want out of the photo. I've taken really, really cool photos that were just bare bulb. I've taken really cool photos, you know, in natural light. I've taken really cool yeah. photos with, you know, just a, a simple umbrella setup. And I've taken really cool photos with 10 lights and gels and modifiers and all that. So, you know, at the, the end of the day, it's you can take really any light source and create an incredible image out of it. So, yeah, um, yeah just yeah. yeah. As long as you know what you're doing. Yeah, as long as you know what you're doing, but yeah, you know, yeah. it's well. That's when you go to places like flern.com to get an education <laughs> on, <laughs> on, on, on how to do it and retouching and inspiration from yes. the crazy stuff that Aaron's doing over there. Uh, no, that's that's really good. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I, I I'm on the fence in terms of I, I'm not on the fence. I'm on the I'm on the alien bees slash Einstein side of the fence when it comes to gear. I think I would probably always buy that stuff even if I had a a giant, you know, studio like some people on the show have. But, you know, I, I think you look at some of the photographers that I talk to and they swear by the pro photo stuff. And I find that most of the people that swear by that stuff, they're excellent photographers, but they may not have used anything else. You know, they may have just, that's what I learned on. So that's what I'm going to use forever. You know, I learned on, and Brooks, you know, I'm, I, I, I do some stuff for Brooks Institute. They have pro photo gear down there. So all the students that leave there, probably are going to go buy pro photo stuff and anything less than that is you're not a real photographer if you're using that so i don't know it's it's uh it's interesting again i'm sounding like an old man <laughs> in my day we had alien bees and we liked it. And we liked them dang it <laughs> we liked them well actually in an old man i used white lightnings that were older than alien bees. i remember those, those i have awesome. those you still you have those? I, I still use white lightnings. They still yes. work. Are they still selling 1200s? those? They're still selling them, right? You can still buy white lightnings. I don't know. I don't know. Those are like the long black ones, yeah. right? They're like with the metal. Yeah, those yeah. are nice. Yeah, yeah. They're solid. <laughs> yeah, I still have them. They, I yeah. I haven't sent a single white lightning in for repair, and actually, I send Einstein's in for repair quite a bit. So I I kind of like the white lightnings. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. and they're cheaper yeah. too, huh? Yeah. Oh, they weren't back then. <laughs> <laughs> they were, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I got it. We have to look into that. We'll put a link in the show notes of, uh, to White Lightnings and Alien Bees and Pro Photo just to balance it out. All right, guys, uh, let's jump into the Picks of the Week segment. This is the segment where you guys can recommend to the Twip watchers slash listeners something related to photography. I'm going to let you go first. Mr. Shiv Verma, what is your pick of the week? Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that when I put it into the show notes, I didn't know we were going to talk about color this to this extent. But oh, good. My my pick of the week is this new, not not that new, but it's a color checker passport for video. Oh, okay, nice. And you know, it allows you to do color grading. Uh, you do need a plugin. I mean, it doesn't have its own software that'll do uh, you know profiles like the the one that they have for photos. But for the video, you need, you know, a, a, another plugin. You, I think the plugin also works with the Adobe Premiere Pro, uh, but I use Final Cut, and it's it's really good. It's called Color Finale, okay. and what it allows you to do is to really take this profile, you know, the the color piece, and identify the corners, and as long as the glossy black does not have any reflections you will get very accurate color. And even, you know, if you shoot V-Log, it'll do it. So I don't know, Aaron, you, do you use this? I'm going to now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been manually color correcting, you know, yeah. our video it, it, for it, some time. Yeah, it is so cool. It's it's just, and it's fast. So all you do is you, you, you know, pick the four corners, make sure that the circles are in the right squares, and then drag that on top of your video clip. Done. That's cool. Yeah, I'm no, buying yeah. that tonight. Do you guys? <laughs> yeah, so am I. So am I. Do you you guys remember? Um, it was a was it called Gray Tag Macbeth? You guys remember that that color chart? It was it looked like that, but and I still have one in the garage. Or it's a large version of that that you put in the first couple of frames of your scene um, when you're doing still photography and model photography right. or whatever, and it gives you a point of reference: yes. what's true white, what's so, true black, and all that. Right. Gray Tag was bought out by X Right, and oh, so now okay. yeah, so X Right now Gray Tag used to have that I one profiler, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and now now it's the X Right I one profiler. They're the big unit which is the i1 Profiler Pro 2, is about 
twelve fifteen hundred bucks. Mm. But but these the, the color checker passport the photo one is about ninety nine dollars and I think this is one hundred twenty nine dollars. Okay. And then this combined with the plugin, which is about ninety nine bucks, you have the simplest video solution for color grading. One step. I like that. I yeah, like one yeah. step things. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And you said, how, what's the price of that again? A hundred and I think it's one hundred twenty nine dollars. Twenty nine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, $129 is a small price to pay if it means saving you a couple of hours in terms of trying to move sliders oh. back and forth to get the color to look right, right. right. Especially if you're creating, yeah. a, you know, your color grading for something that's going to go on a true tone display. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I like to bring things full circle. I don't know. I'm a dog yes. with a bone. I don't yes. know. <laughs> yeah. All right, Shiv. Thanks a lot for that. I appreciate it. All right, Aaron Nace, what is your pick of the week, my friend? My pick of the week is called the Griptite Gorillapod Magnetic. Um, it's basically just, uh, yeah, there it is. It's a it's a Gorillapod for your iPhone that has like one of these uh, like extenders or mobile phone, whatever. Um, has an extender, grips your mobile phone. Um, recently, I went on a trip to Mexico and uh, I got a new iPhone before I left on the trip, and um, I created a ton of stock footage for a video that I'm in the process of editing and, and working together. And this thing was just like, man, it was perfect. I wore a little vest while I, you know, while I was on the trip and kept the thing in my pocket just the entire time. Um, and we did all kinds of really cool shots from like time lapse to like, you know, uh, pictures of friends, things like that. And it's just, you know, for, for 40 bucks, I, the magnetic part, like I eh, didn't really use that much. Um, but as far as like just having something small and portable with you that can allow you to do like, you know, time lapse and just mm -hmm. really cool photos. Um, yeah, and it's man. little too. It's yeah, so looking little. at it, looking at it next to the iPhone there, it is, it's relative. And that little, the little clamp there just clamps on the side. It's spring loaded. Yeah, it's spring loaded. And it actually, um, that clamp has like a quick release from the head as well. So you can, um, you can break the thing apart in like two seconds, put both parts in, in your pocket and, um, you know, put them back together really quick. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, so it's what's a fun the thing to have in your part? pocket. What's the magnetic part? Aaron? So the red feet are magnetic. So if you, um, you can stick them on a car, you know, um, you can stick them on, I didn't have much luck with like putting them on the side of a pole or, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. But let's say you had like a, a, a large uh, iron surface, you could you can definitely hold an iPhone with just the magnetic feet on there. Um, so it'll wrap around a tree, it'll wrap around a post, things like that. Um, the, the magnetic thing I did a couple times with like um, pictures of uh, a couple friends, you know, me and a couple friends, we like I stuck it on a car that was parked on the side of the street. We went out in the street, you know, like everyone with their arm around each other. Yeah, we're having fun. And, uh, you know, put the phone on a timer, went back, pulled it off, and you're good to go. Awesome. All right, Shiv, I, I can tell you're about to buy this thing, aren't you? <laughs> it, it looks pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. It is, yeah. yeah, I have I actually have one of these, Aaron, and you're right. It's It stays in my camera bag, and it's... Yeah, it's indispensable, especially when you're you you have all this cool stuff on your phone, like you said, the time lapse, and you know, say you want to be, actually be in the photo from time to time <laughs> instead of just being the tripod for the photo. So it makes all that stuff possible, and you just being able to sit there and and you're having dinner, put your phone on time lapse mode and let it sit there while you're eating, do the capturing the surroundings, and you play that back later. It just gives you much more of a, you know, albeit consumer. And I'm, I'm talking about time-lapse, I forgot, in front of the guy that wrote the book on time-lapse. <laughs> now, oh. now my tail's between my legs. No, but... No, no, no. But, 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 I, but I like the fact that you like to time-lapse what you eat. I mean, that's I a good no, one. No, 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 no. Actually, I did do that. I did do that overseas. I did a time-lapse of the group that I was sitting with destroying a lunch because we all are a, a dessert. We all shared a dessert. Mm -hmm. And no one wanted to order one on their own. So we ordered one and shared it. And then, you know, imagine like seven spoons going into <laughs> this dessert and just eviscerating it. So was, it, was this Vietnam? This was Vietnam. Yes, this was Vietnam. All right. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys, those were two good picks of the week. So good that I don't even need to do one because you guys are amazing. No, we need right. your pick. 
I don't have a pick this week. I do have a pick, but it's not ready for me to reveal yet. So oh, another it, one of those. It's another I'll one of those. You know, <laughs> I'll let you know in another week. <laughs> it's another okay. one of those. Yeah, it's right. going to cost you money when I reveal it. So I still right. need to do some testing. I will give a slight pick, though. So a slight pick would be, I think, a couple of... When the thing first came out, the um, it's back there. I'm pointing to it. It's the... Uh, the DJI Osmo OSMO, the handheld. You already done that. Yeah, the gimbal stabilized camera. I have that, and it it's awesome. One of the issues with it was the or with up to day before yesterday was the head would drift over time, and even worse, the audio would fall out of sync over time. Mm. So if you did something longer than say ten minutes, by the end of it, it would look like an old Godzilla movie. You know, so. They've issued a firmware update yesterday or day before yesterday that corrected that and added a bunch of cool new features in there. So everything that's old about the Osmo is new again. Now it's actually awesome. usable. So that would be my pick. You know, it Excellent. was usable before, but only for B-roll. Now it's usable for actual. <laughs> you can actually get good audio out of it that you can sync, you know, to primary audio. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy DJI is on the ball with that. So you're going to take it to Mexico. Oh yeah, that thing's coming to Mexico. That that's coming, and the uh, the uh, drone is coming. I'm bringing all kinds of goodies down there. Hopefully, uh, I'll come back with everything. You know, as in, I don't want to crash my drone somewhere. <laughs> but, but but yeah, I'm bringing all the toys. All the toys are going to Mexico with me. Uh, all right, guys, we are at the end of another episode. We're right at the top of the hour. Aaron Nace, thank you for coming on, my friend. It's good to have you here. What's coming up in your world that you would like people to know about? Man, I'm so excited. We are releasing this week, uh, basically we're re-releasing the first Flurn Pro tutorial we ever created. Uh, super excited. It's the flood. It's, it's one of my favorite personal images that I've ever shot. It's a, a girl on a staircase with a, an actual flood around her. And um, yeah, we recorded. This was our very first Pro tutorial five years ago. And um, we're a totally different company now and doing things um, to a much higher level. So we're basically, we, we're, you know, releasing it from the ground up. And uh, that releases, is this, um, well, it releases tomorrow, but I think this airs like Friday. So Friday, yeah. <laughs> so it will re- be released. It released yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, Back to the future. Cool. Yeah. You're giving it to us for, you doing a discount for us? On yeah, it? that's right. Uh TWIP20 is 20% off of the Flood Pro Tutorial for TWIP listeners. And uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. It's uh, a man. It's one of my favorite images ever. So I'm super excited to see it come back to life. I need to check my Flurn library and see if I don't own that already. If I don't own it, I'm buying it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Deal. At 20% off. TWIP20. I will use use TWIP20 and get my 20% off and, and support Flurn. Very cool, man. Anything else? What else is happening? Well, we've got our Instagram contests that are going super well. And oh, yeah, in the show notes, uh, we just did. This was so cool. I got to work with my dream client recently. Um, We actually got hired by Adobe to create tutorials for their products, um, which has been a dream of mine, you know, since the beginning, making Photoshop tutorials. And uh, this go round, we got to work with them for their mobile apps, Adobe Fix and Adobe Mix. Um, So we've got a couple like... uh, short trailer like commercials slash tutorials and uh, we're linking to those in the notes so um shot those a couple months ago and they just launched this week so um yeah congratulations i'm gonna check those out i saw the i haven't looked at those yet i'm gonna look at them tonight but i saw the email that you sent out that that was announcing that so congratulations on on doing work with the big a that's yeah we got a lot of slack for it on youtube you know people are like Why? you're selling out like oh you're working with adobe now like oh what are these mobile apps they're not as good as photoshop and i'm like Psh, come on guys oh, God. oh you're so it's like indie uh, bands that actually get signed by labels right yeah like, come on no no know? matter what you do it isn't good enough right, right. <laughs> yeah not like, to mention away. do it Aaron has given away like 25 terabytes of free stuff yeah. and he does a couple of tutorials and now he's the Antichrist. You know, and they're on. free and the apps yeah. are free too. So like no one is selling anything here, but still <laughs> backlash. <laughs> a wild. Whatever. Whatever. All right. Well, good, man. Congratulations on that. Yeah, we'll definitely link to that in Thank the you. notes. Thank That's you awesome, Aaron. Absolutely awesome. Yeah. 
and then that flirn contest is just hashtag flirn contest and how do they find out what the what the topic of the contests are and all that yeah so if you go to flirn instagram uh, subscribe to flirn at p-h-l-e-a-r-n um every single monday we post a new image with it has it like on the image itself it always says like hashtag flirn contest and hashtag this week is flirn animals so if you upload your photo featuring an animal to hashtag flirn contest hashtag flirn animals um each week we pick three different winners and we send those people 50 dollar gift certificates to flirn just nice. for posting a couple hashtags on your instagram on so it's um it's a really super simple easy way to enter and uh, it's a lot of fun too because we also if we choose you as a winner we repost your image to our followers so we can help like build your following as well so it's it's a cool way for us to like really give back to the people who follow flirn so yeah it's that's really cool that's really cool i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out i'm i'm really interested in that hashtag running a contest on instagram using hashtags it sounds like a brilliant kind of I don't know, cold fusion ecosystem you build. <laughs> we'll call it social cold fusion. That's very cool. <laughs> All right. And she, Verma, what about you, sir? What's well, uh, what's coming up for you? I, I put a, a little list of three things and it's, it's really my uh, travel workshops. And I think more important, I want people to focus in on uh, two of the workshops in 2017 with the rest of them to follow. Uh, 2016 is going great. Iceland's got a few spots left. Uh, but uh, 2017 should be very exciting, and uh, I want to get you know folks to start looking at those. That's cool. So that, yeah, that's cool. You need to write a travel photography book or something. You know, like best ways to get well, around in Iceland or something yeah, like that. Well, I'm just waiting for you to get back to your travel photography uh, podcast. You know, that, that should coming. be an interesting one. It's coming. It's 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 in the birth canal. We'll see. Excellent. That. Excellent. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> It's finished gestating yeah. and now it just needs to, you know, it just needs to happen. Right. It just needs to happen. It just yes. needs to happen. Well, cool guys. Yeah. This has been a great show. Thanks to both of you for coming on. Um, well, thank you. Scary conversation about color correction. Uh, Aaron, like I said, hopefully Flurn will dig into it and get to the bottom of this and, and set our, our minds at ease. So twit listeners head over to flurn.com and subscribe and and give aaron crap if he hasn't put out that tutorial because <laughs> i need to know what the right what the right way to proceed is all right and i want to thank our sponsor fresh books <laughs> look at that siri siri is interrupting me she says i'm sorry i can't take all those words at one time <laughs> All right, Siri. Um, all right, back to the show. I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, and that's Fresh Books. And also be sure to w visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com. And you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. And also soon, I guess, Aaron, Instagram. And <laughs> <laughs> you can also comment, like, and subscribe to us on YouTube. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. Weekend Photo is a Pixelcore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>